Good morning. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, today is Rally Day, uh, the start of our Sunday school year. So following our worship service this morning, we'll have a light breakfast downstairs. And also there are, I guess, some prizes to give out to some of the children who participated in a reading program this summer. And then uh, all of the uh, children will be divided into their classes and, and head off with their teachers. So if you can, feel free to come on downstairs. And then uh, following that, we'll continue with our adult Bible study as normal. The Old Testament reading for this, the 15th Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 34th chapter of Ezekiel. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered, on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy, I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? You must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink of clear water, that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet. And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you push with side and shoulder and thrust at all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the first chapter of 1 Timothy. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, 
for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, in accordance with the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Pharisees, the scribes, and people from the neighborhood were all having dinner one night. They were all eating dinner with Jesus. And you think that would be nice, having a meal with Jesus. But not everyone was happy about it. Pharisees and the scribes were upset. They were grumbling about the people in the neighborhood who came to this dinner. Some of the people who came to dinner had bad reputations. They had loose morals. They were the town drunks. They were liars and cheaters. And here the Pharisees found themselves at dinner with 
those people and with Jesus. So the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled about it. But they were not grumbling at the people in the neighborhood or about them. They were actually grumbling about Jesus. They were mad that Jesus was letting these people in to have a meal with them. In many ways, the church is very similar to that dinner party Jesus was having. After all, we gather together around a meal that Jesus provides in the Lord's Supper. And the people who are invited into the church come from all different kinds of backgrounds and lives. Over the years, I've met all kinds of people who are invited here to the dinner party that Jesus has at his altar. I wonder if we would grumble at God for who he allows here in his church. For example, think about the worst sinner you can think of. Who would that be? Seriously, think for a second. Maybe you thought a prostitute. Maybe that came to mind. A woman or a man who's had a bad life of abuse and drugs and ends up selling their own body because they have nothing else left. Do you think Jesus could let someone like that here at his altar? Would you grumble about that? Or what about another sinner? How about a convicted child abuser? Abusing a child is a horrible crime, hands down. But what if Jesus works repentance even in the heart of a child abuser. And that offender comes to the altar in tears and is here because Jesus has invited them. Would you grumble to Jesus about that person? Would you say, Lord, I was hurt by someone like that when I was young. They don't deserve repentance. They don't deserve to be here for what they've done. You might feel that way. And you know what? You're right. The former prostitute does not deserve to be here. And the former child abuser does not deserve to be here. They don't deserve to be here. They are invited to be here. There's a big difference between deserving to be here and being invited to be here. Jesus calls all kinds of people to repentance and invites them to dinner. We may not always like that. Some of you may have suffered terribly in your lives. But Jesus could invite anyone to repentance and bring them right here. And Jesus does that a lot. For example, Jesus could invite people who have stolen 
to come to his altar. Would you grumble about them? Jesus could invite people who have committed adultery. Not just once, but twice, maybe even three times. He might invite those people to his altar. Would you grumble about that? Or do you find that you yourself might have even done that at some point in your life? What about people who have looked at pornography, lusted over it? What if Jesus invited them to repentance, to come and dine on something greater than the lusts of their own hearts? Can Jesus do that? Or would you grumble? Jesus invites a lot of different people into his church. Do we grumble about those people? Or do you realize that maybe you are those people? In fact, maybe you don't think you're special. Maybe you feel that you really are no better than any other sinner in this world. That's great. There may be times you don't even feel like you belong here in this church, at this altar, at Jesus' dinner party. And you know what? You are right. You don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here. None of us do. But that is the nature of our God. He invites people into the church who don't deserve to be invited Into the church. Because our God seeks out the lost. That is the nature of our God. He even went out and called you. Didn't he? In our gospel reading today, Jesus was inviting a whole lot of different people to the dinner. And the scribes and the Pharisees grumbled against Jesus. They were mad at Jesus. They thought Jesus should have been a little bit more selective. I don't know. If Jesus was more selective, maybe those scribes and Pharisees would not have been invited to the dinner party. But really, are any of us any different? From God's perspective, are any one of us perfectly pure, perfectly clean, Are any of us perfectly deserving to be invited to the altar? Were any of the scribes or Pharisees holy enough to have deserved to come to that dinner party with Jesus? Of course not. No one is. Jesus is the shepherd who goes looking for the lost sheep. He doesn't go looking to yell at the sheep or to embarrass the sheep. No, Jesus is the one who finds the sheep, carries it back to his home, and he celebrates that his sheep has been found. Jesus is the woman who spends all night looking for one tiny, insignificant coin. But that one tiny coin means the world to the woman, and when she finds it, she throws a party. Because she's so happy that she found what was lost. Jesus rejoices 
when we are gathered together. Jesus throws a party when we who are lost are gathered together and brought to a dinner party centered around his sacrifice on the cross, all for us. That is the nature of our God whom we worship. The very essence of our God, who our God is really in his heart of hearts, is someone who goes looking for those who are lost and rejoices when he brings them back. And he does bring us back. He brings all of us back. The prophet Ezekiel summed up our God so well today. But more than what Ezekiel says about God is what Ezekiel says about you. Ezekiel spoke about you today when he said this. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. And I will feed them with good pasture. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. Well, just look at what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has gone looking for you. It doesn't matter where you found yourself in life. And we can all end up in some pretty terrible places in life sometimes. Doesn't matter. Jesus comes and gets you. Wherever you are, Jesus Christ comes to you, finds you, takes your hand, and leads you away. And look where Jesus has led you. Jesus has led you right here to his church. To this church and to his altar where he has a dinner party. Ready for you. You know, I don't know if we ever think of communion as a dinner party. But it really is. And I know when we come up to the altar, we're usually very solemn when we come up. And we can come to this altar, and we should, in all seriousness and reverence. And yet at the same time, our hearts can and should be just leaping inside of our chests. Because it is Jesus Christ who has invited you to be here today and to come up and to be so close to him in his altar, in his sacrifice, where he binds up our wounds and he strengthens our weak knees. And he reassures us that our sins truly are forgiven because he gives you the body and blood that forgave your sins. And what's so great when we come up here? There doesn't have to be any grumbling. Because when we're standing up here, we are next to people who were all lost at one time and who have all been found by Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who has gone throughout the world, found you, brought you here. And he rejoices that you're here. To celebrate Jesus' throne and dinner party with his own sacrifice on the cross. 
for the forgiveness of every single sin. And he did that all for you. Never forget, you are here today. Not because you deserve to be here today. None of us do. You are here today because Jesus Christ himself has invited you and welcomes you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.